Welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. I want to begin today um, by telling you a bit of a story. So I'm going to lean on here, actually. That's quite nice to lean on. It's my sort of height. So I'm going to tell you a story. When I was three years old, I played a game of hide and seek. I played it with my two older brothers and my mum, and I hid. The story goes that everyone was hiding, and one by one they were found, but not me. I was still hiding. I was winning. Time ticked on, and I continued to hide. But everyone else started to worry. Where was little Elizabeth? I was only three at the time, and surely I should have been found first. But no. At this point, my mum starts to worry. Have I wandered off? Have I somehow got out of the house and taken the game too seriously? People start to shout my name. You know, three-year-olds are supposed to be found first, not last. Presumably, I'm loving this. I'm playing my two older brothers, and for once, I'm winning at a game. So what do I do? I carry on hiding. They're all shouting for me, and I stay hidden. I have some power here, and I want to keep it up. I'm going to pause the story there, but I just want you to keep in mind that I'm still hiding, and everybody else is still worried. When I was given the brief to preach today, um, Tim Murray said to to give a reflection um, about something that stirs my heart about Jesus. I thought about this, and there are so many things that stir our hearts, aren't there, about Jesus. So many things, so many attributes about Jesus that we could talk about. But I wanted to share something about Jesus that I love and that I fear at times, but that's real to me. I want to speak about the fact that Jesus sees us. The passage of scripture that came to mind was the story of Jesus's encounter with Zacchaeus, or rather Zacchaeus's encounter with Jesus. I'm reading the story from Luke 19. I'm using the New King James Version because that was the version that I think pictured it um, so nicely. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature, a little bit like me. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, 
I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Let's just picture the scene here. Jesus has entered and he's passing through Jericho. He's walking along and a crowd is surrounding him. People wanted to talk to Jesus. People wanted his attention all of the time. They wanted his touch. They wanted to see what he could do. For they have heard about this man and therefore a crowd has gathered to find out more. Zacchaeus was no different. He's heard about Jesus. The stories about Jesus have gone before him. And it says that Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was. But Zacchaeus has a problem. It's the same problem that I have, but that Tim, my husband, who's six foot five, doesn't have. Zacchaeus is short. And us little people, we get lost in a crowd. I've been to concerts where I can barely make out the shoes of the lead singer of the band, whereas Tim can see everything. He's head and shoulders above the rest. But for me and Zacchaeus, a crowd means we're going to get pushed around, and it means we're not going to get a glimpse of who we came to see. So Zacchaeus is inventive. He plans, and he runs ahead, and he climbs a tree. I love that this is the chief tax collector. For those of us that might not know what this means, it means for one that Zacchaeus is wealthy. His job was to work for the occupying Roman rulers of the area and to collect taxes from the people for the Romans. More on this later, but it means that Zacchaeus had status. Everyone knows who he is but when Jesus comes along at this moment, that doesn't matter. He is excited enough, he is intrigued enough about who Jesus is to think that if I don't get up high, I'm going to miss this. So he climbs a tree and he waits, happy just to get a look at the man everyone is talking about. In Luke it says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and saw him. This is the moment. This is when things stop. Remember, Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. There's lots going on around him. People are shouting his name. They're bringing his, their kids to him. They have requests and needs. But what does Jesus do when he reaches that tree? Presumably, others had had the same idea as Zacchaeus. I don't imagine that he was the only short person in that crowd. Maybe there were kids up the tree too who wanted to see who Jesus was. We don't know because the story doesn't tell us. But what we do know is, is that Jesus stops where he is, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. Let's go back to my story of hide and seek. So I'm three years old and I'm the last person waiting to be found. My mom is really worried now because I've looked everywhere and she doesn't know what to do. You can ask her after. Not long ago, 
I was having some counselling and in this session, this memory came back to me. And what came back to me wasn't the joy of being the victor in the game or me sniggering in the corner, beating everybody else. But what came back to me was the fear. The fear of the child that was hidden. To be clear, I don't remember being afraid at the time. But what connected for me was often what goes on in our hearts. No one knew where I was. My mum didn't know. My brothers didn't know. Anybody else who was playing, I was hidden from everybody. I was completely alone. I was safe. But I was alone because I was unseen. And I didn't feel safe. As I prayed through this, the fear and the emotions of being totally unseen came to the surface. And I asked Jesus, where were you when I was hiding? Where were you when nobody else could see me? And in my mind's eye, I saw myself hidden right at the very back of the pantry of my childhood home, curled up and hidden. But I saw that Jesus was standing right in front of me. And I felt him say, don't worry, I knew where you were the whole time. I never took my eyes off you. You are never out of my gaze. When we're honest with ourselves, the thing we fear most is being alone. It's why we're scared of the dark. It's why we like to be close to loved ones. The thought of being lost and alone is totally alien to us as humans. We were designed to be held in the gaze of a loving father. Often we are like children who are playing and we wander off and we get lost. And that is just as scary for us as it is for the parent who is searching. Yes, there are times in life when we're doing things that we ought not do and we get into trouble. And in those moments, we don't want to be seen. We don't want our hiding places to be discovered. But to be truly alone, to be truly unseen, out of sight, that is an uncomfortable and fearful place for us to be. But in that counselling session, I received something from Jesus. I received and believed the truth that he sees me, always. I am never alone and I'm never really unsafe because his eyes are always on me and they are always on you too. Three-year-old me was never really lost and I was never really hidden because Jesus knew where I was all the time. And Jesus knew where Zacchaeus was too. Let's return to Zacchaeus's encounter. So Jesus has looked up and he's seen Zacchaeus in the tree and he says to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for I'm coming to your house today. At this point, I can only imagine that Zacchaeus is quite shocked. The story doesn't say that he invited Jesus to come to his house. 
It doesn't say that he was calling out to Jesus. No, all we know is that he sat in a tree waiting to get a glimpse of Jesus. But Zacchaeus listens. He comes down, he climbs out his tree, and the word says that he received Jesus joyfully. I'm not surprised about that. Here is Jesus, the man that everyone wants to see, that everyone is talking about, and he's just invited himself to Zacchaeus' house for tea. Zacchaeus can't believe his luck here. The equivalent for us is like the artist on the main stage of Glastonbury, stopping the set, looking out, seeing the shortest person who's sat on someone's shoulders and telling them that they're going to their house for the after party. In verse 7, it goes on to say, But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. This is interesting. We have a situation where Jesus is looking at Zacchaeus. He's looking at the man in front of him. But the crowd around him are looking at Jesus. And they see what's going on, and they are not happy. There's a rumble that goes through the crowd, a complaint. Why on earth is Jesus going to his house? And we must remember here who Zacchaeus is and what he does. I mentioned earlier that Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. He's in charge of collecting the taxes for the region. Uh, Sorry, he's in charge of all the tax collectors of the region and it's their job to take away people's hard-earned money in the form of taxes to pay the Romans. Zacchaeus is Jewish, and he's working for the enemy of the Jews, the Romans. But if that's not bad enough, Zacchaeus uses his position, and he takes more from the people than he should. And he has become rich doing this. Everyone knows it. He is cheating his own people lining the pockets of their enemies, and he's lining his pockets too. So now we can see why the people are complaining. It's a valid question. Why is Jesus, the person who goes around telling people to give to the poor, who teaches about loving others, why is he going to a cheat and a thief's house? The reason is because Jesus sees. Jesus sees what we can't. He sees more than we do. In verse 8, it says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. What just happened? Zacchaeus is seen. He has just been discovered. Like me, hiding in the pantry in the dark, Jesus' eyes on Zacchaeus bring him into the light. And Zacchaeus responds. He responds by saying in front of the crowd who hate him, I let go of half of all I have, and now it belongs to the poor. And moreover, anyone I have cheated will get back four times what I took. 
Here is the answer to the crowd's question. Why is Jesus going to the house of a sinner? Here's why. Because when Jesus sees us, it doesn't only change us. It doesn't only heal us or fix us. But it also changes the world around us. It changes the families that we are in, the communities where we live. Jesus seeing Zacchaeus has an impact on the man, but it also has a far-reaching impact on those around him and on the wider region. The people he cheated are going to get something back because Jesus saw Zacchaeus. I want to just take you back to the story. And I want to just read it, some parts of it again. And I want to take a moment here. If you want to, you can close your eyes or just imagine the scene unfolding before you. I want you to picture the crowd and how busy it is, how loud it is. And I want you to focus on Jesus and Zacchaeus stood at the base of the tree. I want you to focus on the two men in the story and notice where are their gazes and who are they talking to. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Zacchaeus isn't looking at the crowd around him that hate him. He doesn't make this declaration for their benefit or to try to appease them. He is looking into the face of Jesus when he makes this statement. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. When Jesus says this, he is speaking directly to Zacchaeus. He is looking at the man that he saw in the tree. Again, these words were for Zacchaeus' benefit, not the crowd. No. Neither man is distracted by the noise, the shouts, the questions or the accusations from those around them. Both men focus on one another as if no one else was present. I want to invite Frankie to just come and to, to play quietly as I'm, I'm going to come to wrapping up. But I want to lead us in a bit of a reflection on, on this story. So Jesus is looking at Zacchaeus. His full attention is on the man that he's called down from the tree. The man that he wants to speak to. I believe that this is significant because Jesus sees into Zacchaeus' heart. He sees his sin. The sin that the crowd knows about but the sin that Zacchaeus is so aware of too. And he can see what that sin has done to Zacchaeus. He can see that it's cut him off in his heart from his people. 
and it's cut him off from his godly inheritance. But when Jesus speaks to him, Jesus restores him as a son of Abraham. He is effectively saying, you are part of my people. You were lost, but I am the best at hide and seek. Jesus says of himself that he always finds those who are hidden, hidden by their sin, hidden by their actions, hidden by life's circumstances. Whatever it is, Jesus says of himself that he is the seeker in the cosmic game of hide and seek that man has been playing since the fall. And more than this, when Jesus seeks and finds us, he saves us. Jesus saved Zacchaeus in this brief encounter and as a result, a community is touched. Can you see how beautiful that is? I don't believe that there is any more beautiful sight in all the universe than to look into the, into the eyes of Jesus and to have him look at us in return. To be seen and fully known there's nothing else. There's no better way to spend our lives than to stand before him and be seen. I'm going to pray and I just want us to stay in this moment, in this atmosphere. And I want you to know that Jesus' loving gaze is on you right now. And we have the opportunity to follow Zacchaeus' example. And we can choose not to focus on any distractions around us, particularly those accusing voices in our hearts and minds. And instead, we can focus on Jesus. We can focus on the person of Jesus who is looking at us. Focus on his gaze. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, in this moment, we pause and know that you see us. We thank you that you always see us. We are never hidden from your eyes. And you always come to restore us, to make us whole and complete, and to draw us into your love. I pray for those of us who, like me, feel alone or lost out of sight. I pray that your salvation power will be made known to them, that they would know that you are the one who seeks them out to save and restore them. I pray for those of us who feel we are surrounded by accusation, whether real or only felt, but accusation all the same. Accusations of being a sinner, being less than enough, of not shaping up. I pray, Lord, that we would lift our eyes to meet yours. That when we meet your eyes and know the love in them that tells us who we really are. And I pray that as we live our lives under your gaze, we would be a people whose communities are changed because 
we are known by you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe and how you can get involved, check out our website www.amblecotechristiancentre.org.uk.